Welcome to Senior Beat. My name is Christine Beatty. I'm the director at the Madison Senior Center, and my co-producer is Tom Frazier. I like to say he's the man of many hats. He's not wearing one today, <laughs> although he should be. <laughs> I'm outside, I am. Yes, I bet. Well, good to have uh, you here, Tom, and we have a very wonderful guest to speak for the entire program. So, Yeah, we do. We do. I think we're very fortunate to have Dennis Driesang, who is Professor Emeritus of Political Science and Public Affairs at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. Uh, he's the founding director of the Robert M. LaFollette School of Public Affairs at UW-Madison and has served as chair of the Department of Political Science at UW-Madison. Uh, he's written some books, including uh, co-author of Politics and Policy in American States and Communities and author of Personnel Management in Government Agencies and Nonprofit Organizations. That's one I should read. We should have read that a long, a long time ago. My goodness. <laughs> he has his Ph.D. from the University of California, Los Angeles, mm -hmm. and uh, he's served on numerous governmental task forces, I think mostly for the state of Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. uh, so welcome, Dennis. Thank you. Glad to have you here. Well, we need you here to help us. <laughs> really. And, and um, we have just had a presidential election not too long ago, a couple of months ago, I guess. And uh, Dennis and his role of uh, political science and, and even teaching a class, a Plato class at the yes, senior yes. center on we get to see him. with the topic being the election. Wow. Election. So I think we have the expert here to talk about it. So maybe, Dennis, I think it came as a surprise to a lot of us, so, you know, what what happened? The results, you know, that, um, I mean, Trump, uh, Donald Trump beat Hillary, Hillary Clinton and sort of led a kind of a landslide mm -hmm. in many other ways. What do you think happened? Tell us your point of view. Well, um, like other experts, <laughs> I was totally floored. <laughs> Did not expect, uh, I, I didn't expect that Trump would be the candidate to the Republican Party, much less the president-elect of the United States. Uh, the signs for him becoming the nominee uh, started to emerge as uh, there was this cast of <laughs> Thousands who were nominees, and just mathematically, it worked out that the votes got split in the primary, and he was able to find a way to to get the nomination, uh, and that was not anticipated. And it was not anticipated in large part because of his character, his lack of government experience. He didn't seem to be knowledgeable about public policy. He didn't even seem to care about public policy. So it didn't seem like boy, if you were going to pick a candidate, that this would be a good one. Uh, but um, obviously we were wrong. He got the nomination. And the same caveats and concerns emerged as he became the candidate for the Republican Party. But again, uh, that went aside. Uh, and the polls seemed to indicate that, indeed, it was unlikely he would become the president-elect of the United States. Uh, we had two candidates who were historically uh, unpopular. Uh, yeah. People did not like either Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump. If you're going to take a look at the polls, uh, Donald Trump was more disliked than Hillary Clinton. 
So it looked like, well, okay, neither candidate is really loved, but uh, it looks like Donald Trump uh, is, is least loved, and uh, so uh, Hillary Clinton had the edge. Polls seemed to indicate as well that Hillary Clinton was going to win, and those polls were showing that her victory right up until the end. Uh, they were wrong, uh, obviously, and uh, it was not a squeaker. Uh, it, uh, doesn't, it doesn't really match the political science formal definition of a landslide, but it was not a squeaker. Donald Trump became president-elect and uh, um, will be inaugurated January 20th. Wow. One of the big surprises to me was how quickly things changed, you know, because there was a time like two weeks before the election where uh, Hillary Clinton was going to Texas and Arizona and and sort of planning on her landslide. That's right. It looked like uh, there were a lot of uh, um, red states, historically red states, Arizona and Georgia, the two primary examples where polls were indicating that she had a chance of of uh, winning there. And part of this strategy as well was if she could spend some time in those states, then Donald Trump would get more nervous and he'd have to spread his resources, which were not as much as uh, Hillary Clinton's resources. Mm -hmm. That was another indicator. Usually the candidate mm -hmm. with uh, the most money is the one who is going to get the most votes. Now, to sort of put things in perspective, she did get the most votes. Uh, she uh, won the popular vote by almost uh, three million votes. And that is absolutely incredible. You, uh, it's, uh, it's very unusual for the, uh, the candidate who does not get the Electoral College to... Um, uh, th there's a discrepancy between Electoral yeah. College and popular vote. Um, but the gap this time around was just uh, really stunning. Uh, um, and it t again, to put things in perspective, it was not really uh, a devastating blow for the Democratic Party. Democratic Party picked up seats in the United States Senate. It picked up seats in the House of Representatives. Not enough to become the majority party, but uh, it, it was an indication that the polls were wrong they weren't totally wrong. Uh, there is always this margin of error. And the polls were uh, most in error on the state levels. That's where uh, the state of Wisconsin, for example. Right. Uh, Michigan, Michigan, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania <laughs> and a number of other states, even Florida, North Carolina. I mean, there were a number of states where the polls were wrong more on the state level than on the national level. Um, and uh, national level uh, predicted Hillary Clinton would get more votes than Donald Trump, and indeed that happened. But uh, at the state level is where we have models that have to be tweaked, and I think if we're to understand why were the polls wrong, it's really in that. And just a real brief explanation. When you do a poll, you want to have a random sample, so you try and contact people, uh, use telephone, I, then you take a look at what comes in and you say, well, does this sample match the demographic character of our particular state? Almost inevitably, it will not. Uh, there are all sorts of problems. People don't answer their phone. You've got cell phones that have got uh, area codes of where people used to live, uh, all sorts of things like that. 
And so what you do is you tweak your model and you try and, and take a look at a part of the model, say uh, women uh, within a particular uh, age range that are underrepresented, and you just mathematically um, multiply the answers of those people who did respond times a number that would get them up to where they would reflect the total population. Uh, and those models continually have to be tweaked. Mm -hmm. And when they're wrong, the polls are wrong. And I think we've got a lot of people who did polling at the state level uh, who uh, have to get back to the drawing boards and say, yeah, wow, we, we need to, to do some tweaking. Yeah, we're going to have some tweaking right now. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And trying to yeah. figure this out. Because that was another thing that surprised me was, you know, I thought Clinton is sort of the old pro, you know, at <clears throat> holding public office, winning elections and so mm -hmm. forth would have a, a electoral college strategy, you know, that she would be the one to figure that all out. Yeah. And it just, again, worked the opposite. She got the most popular votes, and he got the electoral, electoral college, college by, mm -hmm. you know, a, a good margin. Sure. And in, uh, in, in that regard, Wisconsin is a good, good case in point. Uh, she was ahead by six points. Basically, right. well, that's beyond the margin of error in most statistical right. modeling. Uh, so she's ahead in Wisconsin by six points. Her calculation was, why should I spend time in Wisconsin? I, it's, I've won, or I will win. Mm -hmm. So I'll go to Georgia, and I'll go to Arizona. And it turns out that uh, that uh, was a miscalculation. Whether or not she would have won if she visited Wisconsin, we can only speculate. But, uh, um, again, to put things into perspective... Uh, if you take uh, the votes, the rather small margin of votes, Wisconsin, it was 22,000 that mm -hmm. Trump beat Clinton by. Mm -hmm. Similar kinds of margins in Michigan and Pennsylvania. You take the, those margins, you add them up, and it that total uh, is a little bit less than the number of people who can be in Lambeau Field. If you took Lambeau Field mm -hmm. and emptied it out and put it in Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Michigan, in the right proportions, uh, Hillary Clinton would be president of the United States. Wow. Thanks. That's, that, that's an interesting uh, picture that you've given us for that. Yeah. Lambeau Field. We, wow. have, to, we have to get that, <laughs> get that in here. Yeah, let's right. figure that one out. Oh, yeah. my. Yeah. Do you think Donald Trump was surprised? I, he says he was surprised, uh, and I think he probably was, he was surprised. Yeah. I think his campaign staff was surprised as well. Um, they they said that they had indications. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know if that's true or not. I don't, uh, they haven't indicated uh, what mm -hmm. those specifics are, um, but I think, yes, that he was surprised. I think maybe there'll be a book or two about, about this election, don't you think? Well, I think so, too. Not only books, but dissertations. It's good to be retired. <laughs> you don't have to read them? I don't have to read them. <laughs> Uh, well, wait for the movie. Yes. <laughs> so we're now, we've been, he's been president-elect long enough now that we're seeing appointments at the, you know, at the cabinet level position. Any, I guess I have some thoughts about <laughs> some of that. Mm -hmm. what, are you, what are your thoughts about? Well, one thought that uh, comes to mind is that uh, he seems to be doing 
something that George W. Bush did as well, and that is treating a victory in the Electoral College as if it's a mandate from the people. And he's, he's really not doing anything in those cabinet appointments or in his policy proposals to the stage. You know, everything's pretty vague and not specified. But there's very little effort to really unite the country and reach out to actually the many people, the majority of people who did not vote for him. Instead, uh, his cabinet appointments, his statements, his posturing right now is is very extreme, very much right wing, uh, and uh, and treating um, his electoral college uh, victory as if it were a mandate from the people of the United States. And there is a period of time where typically candidates do make certain efforts to bring the country together. What our hallmark of our democracy is uh, the peaceful transfer of power. Mm -hmm. And part of that is bringing the country together again. And we haven't heard those kinds of comments yet. No, we certainly haven't. Uh, and it's, uh, it's interesting because it's, a, it's an ideological posturing that's going on even more than, than partisan. Yeah. I mean, uh, lots of times in terms of appointments, um, and we can go back to, uh, I mean, President Obama, President mm -hmm. Clinton, uh, even President Bush to some extent, they will make very high-level appointments of people from the other party as a way of doing exactly what you exactly said, of that. saying, look, I'm, I'm president of all the people. And I, I want to make this effort. Exactly. Dennis will be um, right back after this uh, short little interlude, but we're anxious to hear more of uh, your thoughts on this particular election. Welcome back to Senior Beat. We're so pleased to have Dennis Dusang with us uh, today to really help us sort out all of the particulars of uh, this last election. Um, Tom and you were just talking um, about the the Bush camp, uh, the Bush presidency, and some of the things he did after the well, election. Dennis had mentioned that uh, when George W. Bush was elected and declared a landslide, I remember one of the things he tried to do was privatized Social Security, and that yes. really fell flat. I mean, his mandate didn't last very long there. I now see a similarity with Medicare. Um, you know, even though President-elect Trump said he was not going to touch Medicare, there are people in Congress who do want to touch it, who want to privatize it, basically. And I'm, you know, as an advocate for older people, I'm very concerned about that, you know, now and in the future. Mm -hmm. Pick up on that theme a little bit and see if you see something similar. 
Sure. I, I think one observation that I would make is that there's a lot of uncertainty right now. Uh, it's been quite clear that President-elect uh, Trump said things in the campaign that he doesn't seem to intend to follow through on. Uh, and uh, um, that would raises the question of, well, how does he feel about Medicare? How does he feel about Social Security, uh, immigration, all sorts of issues? We were, we were pretty low on any kind of policy um, yes. directives during the there yes. during the campaign. Yeah. It was a very negative campaign, yep. and he was uh, more eager to say that uh, he was running against crooked Hillary yeah. than saying what he was running for. for. Uh, and so that leaves a lot of questions. Now, if we're looking for signs, then we look to, for example, uh, the cabinet appointments. And the cabinet appointments include a lot of people who are from the business sector, a lot of people who have been very outspoken to privatize health care generally, housing policy, education policy, and uh, um, policy like Medicare uh, and, and taking Medicaid and really making it less of the partnership between the federal government and the states and more of a state kind of program. Uh, and I think that that is uh, a critical thing to note because unlike what you were referring to with George W. Bush, where he had some ideas that kind of, when it got to Congress, went over like a pregnant pole vaulter, <laughs> uh, the uh, situation right now is we have leaders in Congress uh, most notably, Paul Ryan from yeah, Wisconsin, who's Speaker of the uh, the House, who is also very eager to privatize and have vouchers rather than programs that uh, have traditionally been ones where if you are eligible, then you get the benefits uh, that you have, in a sense, helped to pay for through your lifetime by uh, by earnings that get taxed uh, for right. Social Security right. and, and the like. So uh, uh, I think there's more of a concern now that I would have about, indeed, uh, privatization in a number of areas, including uh, Medicare. I think that's, that's a real possibility. Yeah. Well, as you say, Speaker Ryan has for now at least since 2011, maybe 2010, has had a plan to premium support plan for mm -hmm. Medicare, which some people call vouchers, you know, where people are given amount of money and they purchase a, a plan on the open market, um, you know, competitive, you know, that's supposed to hold down the costs. Um, and then, as you said, his um, nomination for Secretary of Health and Human Services, a guy named Tom Price from Georgia, who's mm -hmm. a doctor, medical doctor, who is really a repeal and replace Obamacare. But one of my concerns is Everybody knows we're going to repeal and replace Obamacare, mm -hmm. I think, because that was talked about. Yeah. Sure. That was, you know, ad nauseum. Mm -hmm. Right. But without specifics. Yeah. Without right. specifics. Right. But but people may not know that Ryan's plan includes Medicare and Medicaid, mm -hmm. not just the repeal of Obamacare. So, so um, you know, I think the question is, is Trump going to stand by his promise that he wasn't going to touch Medicare, or is he going to, because of what you said earlier, lack of interest, basically, in mm -hmm. those kind of issues, going to defer to Ryan and Price and let, it know, let them go. Yeah. And, of course, then you get into the dynamics of Congress. Right. You know, because, as you say, the Senate actually 
the Democrats picked up a couple of seats, so they may not be so eager. Because I think, I, I mean, I just read emails and stuff, and I see where senators are don't seem nearly as eager to take on Medicare. Right. You know, right at least right off the bat. Mm -hmm. You know, because they think that could wipe out some of their gains. You know, right, mm -hmm. like in the next. Yeah, and and how how strong is the Republican Party behind Trump? I mean, there's a lot of division in that end of it as well. That's an excellent uh, question, and um, I think it's fair to say that there is Donald Trump, and then there's the Republican Party, yes. and there's some yes. overlap. But it's not as if they have felt that he is their candidate right. and, and uh, that he's been a, a loyal part of the party. And, and, we, and we haven't seen him making many overtures to Congress at this point at any rate. That's right. Now, uh, and there are some indications vis-a-vis -vis the Senate that, indeed, he's doing some in-your-face kinds of appointments, mm -hmm. uh, knowing that there is opposition among the Republican senators to some of his appointments. Mm -hmm. That may not play out very well uh, in the future. The other thing about the Republican Party, uh, and, and this is specifically to the House, is that that is a divided party, uh, a divided caucus, mm -hmm. uh, and the so-called uh, Freedom Caucus, um, which is very libertarian, would be very supportive of, of the privatization kinds of mm -hmm. schemes in their various forms, uh, is only part of the Republican Party. Uh, it's a part that uh, Paul Ryan can count on for some purposes, but not for all. And so his leadership is uh, is going to be somewhat challenged. He's not their candidate uh, yeah. within the caucus, yet there will be some policies that they will indeed support. Right. But we also have to, to admit that all of this is speculation. We... We started out, I think, talking a little bit about the uncertainty of what we're facing. And um, in, in one of the things that Tom and I try to do on this program is to make sure that people understand they have to be watching issues and asking questions mm -hmm. and uh, taking an active role in what's happening with our, our government. And yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think that's a, that's a very important point. And I, I think that there are a lot of people... Uh, in Wisconsin as well as elsewhere, who are very depressed. Uh, <laughs> uh, and in part it's because they're shocked. They didn't yes. see this coming. Yes. Um, but they're also depressed because they see a lot of things that are of real concern. Concerns about policies, concerns about uh, the, the fact-checking and the, oh, the yes. you know, the... Well, in character. You mentioned earlier. Character. character it, yep. Uh, role international, models. International uh, right. relations. And one way of acting when you're depressed is to withdraw. Mm, Another way of acting is to be sure that, you're act, that you are active mm -hmm. and you mobilize mm -hmm. and you fight for the kinds of values and the kinds of policies that mm -hmm. um, you really believe in and you think are good for yourself and for the country as a whole. Yes, and for mm -hmm. others. Yeah. Well, in the little time we have left, uh, we haven't talked much about the state. What happened in Wisconsin on the election. you want to talk a little bit about that? Um, yes, I think that there are a lot of uh, areas, policy areas now, where the state and the probable direction of the federal government, given some of the appointments, are uh, going to be going hand in hand or, mm -hmm. or parallel. Uh, one of those is uh, in the, the whole privatization 
um, field, like we were talking before, in health and social services and in education. Um, another area is the environment, mm-hmm. where uh, the, the Walker administration has not been very supportive of environmental or conservation issues. The appointments uh, made by Trump uh, would indeed be very <coughs> compatible with that kind of direction. Another area, however, which is a curious one, is uh, transportation and infrastructure, whereas uh, the, uh, the mm-hmm. Walker administration mm-hmm. has not been supportive of uh, making sure that there's funding for transportation and infrastructure. Donald Trump seems to be very eager to, uh, if he has to, borrow money to have major investments in infrastructure. He may walk back on that one a bit because that is seen primarily as a, not only because it's needed, but as an economic stimulus. Mm -hmm. And as he takes office, the economy is actually doing really well. Term, measured by mm-hmm. stock market, unemployment, uh, et cetera. Uh, and uh, it may be that uh, um, having major investments in infrastructure right now is really going to be have some bad effects for the economy, so he may back off of that. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll have to see. But mm-hmm. that is an area, mm-hmm. at least as we speak today, mm-hmm. where well, Wisconsin's it? going in one direction, the federal government is going to go in another. But, I mean, he really did make that kind of a centerpiece of what he wanted to do. I mean, given the fact that he didn't tell us all that much about what he wanted right. to do, that was an area where he said, I'm going to, I mean, wasn't he throwing around a trillion dollars oh, yeah. Or, yeah, yeah. or something like that to invest in infrastructure? And, and of course, at the state level, you know, that's going to be a huge issue in the state budget because despite the fact that the Republicans are in a majority and Mm-hmm. And the governorship, there's a real disagreement about, I mean, as you say, the governor wants to borrow a little bit and put things off, whereas at least on the assembly side, uh, I think uh, there's some interest in uh, doing more, you know, maybe, mm-hmm. God forbid, raising some taxes to fix our roads. Sure, sure. <laughs> and, you know, one of the uh, themes in the, the election has been, the rural areas and the small towns, and the, they're, they're feeling like they've been neglected. Um, well, there are two areas where uh, they can very specifically point to where they need more help. And one is infrastructure, uh, and the other is education. And uh, uh, <clears throat> that, I think, is, is going to be one where when we talk, think about what the state is doing and what the federal government is doing, um, on education, they're probably going in the same direction, relying on privatization and vouchers and things like that. On infrastructure, we'll have to wait and see. I think, too, that um, one of the things that is unsettling is the uncertainty. And that goes along with that uh, feeling of shock and yeah. disbelief. And, mm-hmm. and then there's nothing to hold on to that you know for sure is going to be happening. So I think we're all kind of waiting for the next thing. Yes, yeah. Um, waiting nervously. Uh, one <laughs> wag suggested that we would be soon talking about President Pence. Um, and I thought that was an interesting comment in the sense that uh, – Trump wouldn't last long if he mm-hmm. keeps in, and we were talking about character, and that's an issue for me, I think, too. Well, maybe this is just purely speculation, but I've heard more than one time is, 
he may very well get bored. <laughs> you know, with being president because he's he, he, he's he a has deal. So many deals. He today. only sleeps three hours. <laughs> no, that's right. He only sleeps three hours a night because yeah. he's making deals. Right. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, it is a deal that we have a country that uh, where the good news is we get to choose, and the bad news sometimes is we get to choose. <laughs> that's right. So thank you for being with us, Dennis. A pleasure. You always bring um, a very healthy and good attitude to your uh, intellect and your good comments. Thank you for being here. Join us again next time on Senior Beat.